Well, we continue our series today, Letting Go. Uh, It's based on a book by Brene Brown, The Gifts of Imperfection. The hope and the prayer of the series has simply been that we would let go of who we think we're supposed to be and instead embrace who God created us to be. And if you haven't been able to be with us for uh, the previous seven weeks of the series, you can go on our website and you can watch the videos or you can download the podcast and listen to it wherever and whenever you like. Uh, Today's uh, title of the sermon is Letting Go of Anxiety. Letting Go of Anxiety. A few weeks ago, when I should have been working on a sermon, I was a little bit distracted, and so, you know, you always find things to do when you're distracted, and somehow or another, I found myself on Amazon.com, a little, uh, you know, purchasing therapy, or buyer's therapy, I guess, and one of the things I like about Amazon.com is that uh, it's based on your viewing and based on your purchasing past, it recommends things to you that you might not know that you need, but then all of a sudden... You see it and you you think, maybe I do need that. Well, a few weeks ago that happened to me. Down in the you might like section of Amazon.com was the muse. Does anybody have a muse? Okay, so a muse is a brain-sensing headband. Now, it's not sensing whether or not you have a brain... Um, it's a headband that goes around the frontal part of your head and it goes around the ears and it measures your brain waves. And so it's connected to an app on your smartphone and the whole concept of this Muse headband is to help us focus better and and, uh, help us to cut out or eliminate or turn down all of the distractions and the worries and the anxieties of life and just be able to focus on something. And so it's measuring your brain waves to see how well you're doing that. And then it sends the, the, the data from those brain waves to the smartphone. And then it gives you some helpful suggestions about how you might increase or improve your focus. Now there's one thing, I did a little research on it because I might just need this, you know. And so I did a, a little bit of research and, and, and instead of writing the sermon. And, and so what I found... What I found is this, that it has these, uh, these different exercises that it walks you through. So you put on the, the headband and, and you start the exercise on your app and it's a rainforest. And so you can hear the wind blowing and you can hear the rain falling and then you're invited to begin to focus and just let everything else go. And if you are successful in clearing your mind and focusing, and, and, and your brain waves reflect that, then all of a sudden the wind settles down and it stops blowing. And if you are continually able to clear your mind and focus, then guess what? The rain stops falling. And now it's complete silence. And if you're able to stay focused in the complete silence, birds start chirping. But if you lose your focus, 
And if the brain waves communicate to your smartphone that you've started straying away or thinking about other things, then all of the things change. So like if you got to the birds chirping and then you start allowing your focus to shift, the birds stop chirping and the rain starts back. And if you can't get it together and focus again, then not only does the bird stop chirping and the rain starts returning, but then the wind comes back too. And so you have to start again trying to clear your mind in the hopes that the wind leaves, in the hopes that the rain stops, in the hopes that you get the silence, and in the hopes that you get uh, the birds chirping. Well, I don't know how well this works, but if any of you have an extra $212 and would like to give it to me, I will be happy to purchase the Muse version 2 and get back with you as to how well it works. But according to this thing, you can actually train your brain to be calm, to focus more on the things that are important, to cut out all of the worries and all of the insecurities and all of the anxieties that we might have. Well, for many of us, anxiety is just this constant thing. It's, it's just constantly going on in our lives. And we spend more time trying to learn to live with all of the anxieties that are going on inside us and around us instead of trying to learn how to reduce the number of things that make us anxious and thereby reduce our anxiety level. And I'm going to suggest to you that God did not create us to be these human beings that are constantly consumed with anxiety. That's just not the way God wants us to live life, to always be anxious. In fact, Paul in his letter to the Philippian church says to them, don't be anxious about anything. Now I know what you're thinking. Paul, it might have been easy back in your day, but there's a lot more things in the world today to be anxious about. And so it may sound good to say don't be anxious about anything, but the reality is, is that is absolutely not possible. And while yes, things are a lot different in our day today than they were in Paul's day back then, Paul still nevertheless had a lot to be anxious about. I mean, Paul actually wrote this letter to the Philippian church while he was in jail in Rome awaiting to die because he was a Christ follower. Paul in 2 Corinthians talks about how many times he's been uh, stoned and how many times he's been whipped with a whip and how many times that he's been beaten up. How many times he's been shipwrecked. I mean, this guy had reason after reason after reason to, to allow himself to be consumed with anxiety. I mean, he's even writing to a group of Christians who, in addition to the normal worries and anxieties of, of, of their day, were also dealing with the anxiety. They had put themselves in harm's way because they too were followers of the way. And so death was a very real possibility to them. They were really uh, surrounded with reasons for which to be anxious. And yet Paul says, don't be anxious about anything. 
to stand firm in the Lord and to rejoice always. Now, whereas Paul says that you shouldn't be anxious about anything, Brene Brown in her book, The Gifts of Imperfection, doesn't quite go that far. She says that that, um, anxiety is a part of life, but it doesn't have to be our life. Um, Paul says um, that we should uh, not be anxious about anything, but Brene Brown says, hey, maybe we just ought to lessen our anxiety. Well, Paul didn't have a muse to help him focus and to help him weed out all of those anxieties in his life, but he did have something that I think he would say was just as powerful, prayer. And what Paul said is that if you don't want to be anxious about anything, then the, what, it happens, what needs to happen in our lives is that we begin to pray about everything with God to pray about everything with God. And then he goes on to say that we need to uh, do some very specific things when we pray. First of all, we need to pray prayers of supplication. We need to earnestly and humbly go to God with our requests, with our petitions. He also says that we are to give thanks in everything. Uh, And I don't think that What Paul means here is that we're to give thanks for all of our problems or for all of our anxieties. But what I think Paul wants us to hear is that in the midst of our anxieties and our worries, we can give thanks to God because God is present. Near is the Lord. The Lord is near, he says. Because God can be approached in prayer. We have this ability to go to God in the midst of our anxieties and to pray. And we have reason to believe that God can work even in the midst of our anxiety and our worry to do something good in our lives, to work for something good in our lives. Well, Brene Brown says, hey, why don't we just work on lessening our anxiety before we work on just not being anxious about anything. Uh, Anxiety is a part of life, but it doesn't have to be your life. Instead of being anxiety-free or trying to be anxiety-averse, why not just start with being anxiety-aware? Why not just start with kind of understanding what is it that makes us so anxious in our world today. And Brene Brown says that there are two practices that we could do that would help us to be aware of where our anxiety is and where our anxiety comes from. And those two practices are calmness and stillness. Now as I share those two words, calmness and stillness, you may be thinking, well those sound a lot alike. Aren't they one and the same? And Brene Brown says, no, they're not the same. That, that calmness is about managing our emotional reactivity. Our emotional reactivity. Calmness is that when, when something happens in your life that gives you every bit of, of, of temptation to be anxious in that moment, uh, our, our reactivity sometimes can be in fear and panic and all those sorts of things. But calmness is that space where we try to manage our emotional reactivity. And we try to feel our feelings, but not let them get away from us and not uh, overreact with fear and anger and all of those kinds of things. 
How well are you at managing your emotional reactivity? Uh, When your kids are already eating those candies that (laughs) Becky gave out a while ago, stop it! How well are you at managing your emotions? Here's the good news. Calmness can be learned. If you practice it long enough, it can be learned. Here's a great example for this. I love Amazing Race. Sometimes when I'm distracted and should be writing a sermon, I watch Amazing Race on CBS. And so Amazing Race is about these teams of two that go across the, the world competing in each of these challenges. And there, there are physical challenges, there are emotional challenges. Um, and, and so uh, the object is, is that each week's episode is a leg of the race and the last person, that, the last team that finishes that leg of the race is eliminated. Well, one of the things that's so amazing about this year's Amazing Race is this guy named Colin Gwynn. Colin Gwynn was on the show several years ago in season five, and he had an ego just as big as this room. He was a hothead, and whenever things would get stressful on the Amazing Race, he would lash out at his girlfriend, and he would yell and scream at her and overreact to everything that was happening. And what happened was that, that, that she began to experience panic and fear because this was a side of him that she hadn't really seen, and, and so it was just awful to watch them throughout the season. Well, after he went home and watched the episodes and saw the way he behaved, he decided he was going to learn to practice being calmer. And so he did a lot of things to do that, and let me just tell you all, this year he's just night and day different. He is so calm. They've had some of the same physical and emotional challenges where he would just blow up last time. And and this time he's just so calm and collected. And he's managing his emotional reactivity. And, And they are performing wonderfully in the race. And in the same way that his anxiety was contagious in season five, this year his calmness is contagious in the way that they are going about winning this race. Calmness can be learned. Maybe it's something as simple as when somebody does something to you, it's just stopping. You know, we've all heard it before and count to ten before you respond, kind of collect yourself. Maybe it's something as simple as asking, do I have enough information about what just happened to really freak out right now? Um, Maybe it's simply asking the question, will me freaking out right now help this situation at all? Or will it only hurt the situation and make it worse? So I invite you to consider letting go of all the anxiety in your life instead of begin to try to manage your emotional reactivity. The second thing that Brene Brown talks about in addition to calmness is stillness. And whereas calmness is about uh, managing your emotional reactivity in the moment, stillness is more about creating this space where you can really ask questions, where you can really seek answers, where you can really um, dream about things, where you can really begin to see what is it that is going on inside you? What is it that's making you anxious? What is it that should be important in your life? 
Now, some people call this meditation. Some people call this mindfulness. Some of you would never call it meditation or mindfulness because that sounds too new agey, and we don't want to do anything too new agey. I don't care what you call it. It's about creating this space where you can just be still and, and you can just seek to listen and to focus on what is it that's going on inside you? What is it that is creating anxiety in your life? And, and how might you be able to deal with it? Brene Brown says that more than ever before in the history of humankind, we need more time to do less. We need more time to be less. We need to find this place for stillness. And so I ask you, are you tired of being anxious about everything? Are you tired of anxiety tying your stomach into knots and creating all sorts of emotional and physical problems in your life? That's not how God wants you to live. And so why not consider letting go of that anxiety and that worry and instead practice calmness and stillness in its place. For you, that might be purchasing a muse, or it might be doing yoga, or it might be working in your garden, or it might just be sitting down and centering yourself in Christ and in prayer. So I invite you to think about what would calmness and stillness look like in your life to help you to be less anxious. Uh, these things can be learned, and there's no better time than the present to start.